Welcome to Gather, everyone. I'm so excited this is another day that we get to get together and hear from Ashley. Um, she is the elementary large group director here at Faith, and we hope that you have enjoyed Gather. This is our way of reaching out to you when you're at home and you can't be here with us. And we hope that you're encouraged by the interviews and by our um, devotions in Adore. Um, and so hopefully this day will be another day that you get to get some bit of information about how to love and lead your littles. Um, so Ashley, welcome. Hi, thank you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so yourself. my name is Ashley Tasha, and I am the elementary small groups director here at Faith. Um, my family's been here for just over a year, so I've had that role for just over a year. And we love it. Like, this was one of the best moves uh, we've ever made for our family, like being at Faith, which is... We're super glad to oh have you. Oh, my gosh. We love so it. Glad. We love it so much. Um, so I've been married for 10 years to my husband, RJ, not RJ Grunewald, RJ Tasha. <laughs> um, and I, we have two kids. Jack is seven and Haley is four. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. And RJ has been going through med school mm -hmm. and residency, so mm -hmm. you guys have balanced yeah. both and um, done it well, but not always eh, easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Somewhat well. I mean, and it's so been, what is it like being the elementary large or small group director? Oh, it's so life-giving. I get to, um, it's fun because I get to, I get to lead leaders and coach them in how to disciple and how to love our kids. And so um, one of the, the goals that I have and we as a team have is that kids would know who God is and then that they would also know who they are in Jesus. And so that's fun to be able to walk leaders through that and coach them in that. So like listening prayer, identity prayer, um, and then opening up opportunities for them to be able to do that with our kids and our families. So. So excited and can't wait to hear more about that. We're definitely going to talk about that. First, tell me some of your favorite things. Uh, my favorite things are my family um, and my friends. I love the show Friends, too. That's one of my faves. Um, Why do you like the show Friends? Because I laugh. I laugh every, every mm -hmm. episode I laugh. Um, and I just think it's really relatable. Like, there's just a lot of things that happen in it where I'm like, I would do something I would do something like that. So I think that kind of humor just makes me laugh. But mm -hmm. um, I love to travel. I love adventures. Mm -hmm. um, I love Jesus. I love music. Yeah. Where, where's the place you definitely want to go in your lifetime? Bucket list places. <sighs> Man, there's so many. We love national parks. So mm -hmm. our goal as a family is to hit just as many national parks as we can with our kids while they're growing up. So we went to um, Yosemite two years ago, and that was, it was amazing. It was so amazing. And so, like, I'd love to do Acadia in the fall, I think would be beautiful, because we always go out west. We don't go out east much, but I'd love to go to New Zealand and just... Mm -hmm see where Lord of the Rings was filmed. Yeah. Like, go see the Shire. Yeah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the sheep. So, yep. yeah. Good. Awesome. All right. And what fills you up, makes you laugh? You said friends. Yeah. Feeds your soul. I think, like, adventures with my family definitely fill me up. Um, being with people, I love just, like, I don't really love coffee, but I love coffee dates with friends. Um, I love kids. You I have love to come over to my side and drink tea. Yes, I do yes. drink tea. Okay. I drink so they'll, my friends mm -hmm. will get coffee. I get tea. Um, I love just being outside. 
like I said, adventure. Like I'm that person that it's like we wake up in the morning and if my whole family's home, I'm like, what are we doing today? And my husband is the opposite where he's like, why do we have to do something? Can there we be no agenda? Be home as a family and then I go, okay, tone it down. So And you have balance, right? Yeah. Get some downtime. Yeah. And so what's Jack like and what's what's Haley like? Are they adventure? Or are they like I mean, yeah. they're kids, so they're going to be, but yeah. their personality, do they tend to be, like, a little bit more like dad or mom? Jack is probably more like RJ, uh-huh. for sure. But, so for a long time, we were wrestling with, is he an introvert? Is he an extrovert? And now, he wakes up every day and goes, Mama, who are we going to see today? Oh, Which is exciting for is me. Good. Not for my husband so much, because he gets more, you know, he gets more Energy. drained yeah. by um, big groups of people, but... And Haley is just, Haley's her own. She's just Punky little, Brewster. Yeah, she is Punky Brewster. Yeah. She dresses If you herself. guys haven't seen that show, you should go watch it. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. she's her own little, she's probably more like me, though. Mm-hmm. I definitely see Minnie me there. <laughs> so what are some life hacks, things that you've mm-hmm. learned as a mom that make life easier? Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for me personally, a calendar, it sounds so boring, but... A calendar has really helped me because I just tend to overcommit. I want to do everything. Um, I say yes. You know, I'm that person that someone will go, hey, do you want to do dinner on Friday night? And I go, yeah. And then I go to my calendar and I'm like, no, we can't because we have. Double booking. I always do that. Mm -hmm. Um, So a big calendar has been really good with juggling my husband's schedule, my work schedule, school, um, all those kinds of things like social activities. Um, also just support like family has been huge for us. I don't know what I'd do without them. And then I think everyone needs just a mom in their life. That's a little bit ahead of them to kind of look to who can offer wisdom. And like Deb Ellinger is that for me, just, I don't know what to do right now. What's going on. Um, can you help me? Like, did you experience this with your kids? Like, what did you do? So she work just, in the same office. So mm-hmm. how perfect is that? Yeah. And just yeah. the homeschool thing is so new for us. And she's, you know, just, um, she's done that with mm-hmm. all of her children. And so it's just, she's such a gift. Like that has been Absolutely. something I feel like I've really needed and been blessed by. And I can't see it hurting any mom, you know? Like, it's such a gift. It's good to have somebody a little ahead and a little behind. Yeah, yeah. Always. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. And I totally agree with the calendar. Mm -hmm. Joe and I would be lost without our calendar. It's on our computer. We share calendars with our kids. Yeah. It makes all the difference in the world. Mm -hmm. And when I was sick, he actually took over my calendar and helped me to make that happen because it just wasn't happening. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. all right. So what, when did you meet Jesus? I feel like... I've always known Jesus and had a relationship with him. My dad, so my parents were divorced when I was four. And um, I lived with my, it was weird because it was like the 80s, but I lived with my dad. And so Mm -hmm. that was a whole nother weird thing. Like divorce was weird. And then me living with my dad, like him being a single dad was weird. But he was so intentional about like reading to us, us being in Christian school, us going to church, like that was what we did. And I feel like, so like in that, I've always known Jesus and I've always felt like it wasn't that he was someone way out here, but I felt like he was close to me. Yeah. And so, um, but then when I was 17, I went to St. Peter Macomb 
So I grew up in the youth group there with Mitch Vogley. Mm -hmm. So I've always known you and Joe because we would do things with faith. Right. Like we would come over for worship nights or go on trips and stuff like that. But I didn't know you guys, you know, that well personally. Um, but I always was able to be around you and my friends loved you. It was just cool. But um, he was very, Mitch was very, um, he just like took my idea of Jesus and shifted it into like Jesus is wild and free and exciting and adventurous and not just this like, ah, oh, this is going to sound terrible, but like a boring churchgoer. Like, okay. yeah. Um, like he's like not a really good guy. Not he's, he's more than that. Yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. much more than just like. Mm -hmm. Church was awesome for me. I mean, but like what I saw in the youth group was just this different, this different side where like Jesus came alive for me, and it was like I, I want him in my life. Like I want, I want to live like that. I want to live. I don't know, just this like wild life for him, not just contained, you know, where I kind of, I guess, thought, well, Jesus is at church, and this is what church looked like for me, like, um, yeah, so. Yeah, it's like in a box. Yeah. This is, it's always going to look the same. Yeah. It's always going to be this cookie cutter when he's made so much diversity. Yeah. It's like, how can you even come close to either putting God or Jesus in a box or our, each other? Yeah, and yeah. I feel like mm -hmm. God used Mitch to blow up that box. And so it was, you know, life with Jesus wasn't just this yeah. mediocre, here's what I do every day, I read my Bible, and it was like, no, it's this crazy adventure. I feel like grace is so at the center of that, because so I grew up in a church that was very box-like, you know, mm -hmm. and then I ended up coming here, and I'm like, this is so different. Yeah, so And different. so there was a youth um, leader, I love her to pieces, and she just, she was the one that yeah. blew up my box. Her name was Marcy. And she would lead these kids and, you know, she just did not fit in anybody's box. Mm -hmm. And just, and to see a woman that didn't fit in anybody's box yeah. too was really good for me. Yeah. And um, I just remember I would get in trouble for not wearing skirts, you know, at my mm -hmm. church. So that, that oh, difference gosh. of like learning God's grace. I mean, mm -hmm. she would swear, yeah. <laughs> not that I'm promoting swearing at all, but like, and she knew Jesus loved her to pieces. Yeah. If I swore, I would have been like, yeah, yeah. Be yes. like never forgiven. Yeah. So just to hear about God's grace to mm -hmm. me, that's really what blows up the box mm -hmm. and and says it's not based on what we do or not do. Mm -hmm. It's like so much bigger than that. So much bigger. And also it's gonna look different in yeah. everybody's life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is such a good thing to give to our kids. Mm -hmm. So good. And our kids here too. Yeah. So um when would you say you like really then started following? Was it youth group and when you were a teenager? Yeah, so I just we had this awesome core group of friends that um it was so life-giving, and it was so, I think it changed the, the trajectory of my life. I get, because I guess if you looked at my life with, like, just my family, my family was good, but there was a lot of, you know, like, there was addictions, there was divorce, there was, there was just a lot of, you know, things that came into my life that I feel like without Jesus or the world would look at my life and go, well, this is how she's going to turn out. You know, mm -hmm. like this is the life that, that she's going to live. And there was actually even, I found out as an adult, a woman who I was friends with her daughter that would go to the teachers ahead of me in school and go, 
let me tell you about Ashley. Like I was like that troubled kid, I guess. And I so do not see that from you, Ashley. Ah, I was like, what? And so, um, but you know, I think Jesus does what he does. And like, mm -hmm. my life is different because of him. So like, I, I am someone who believes in like, things are going to happen in your life, but your past doesn't define you. Your family doesn't define you. Um, Jesus does. And mm -hmm. so that just changes everything. But so when I was 17, I went to a conference with Mitch and I, I think even faith went, um, but there was a speaker that spoke and I, I knew Jesus. I loved Jesus. I knew what he had done for me on the cross, but she spoke about um, Jesus death on the cross in a way that was very real and very, um, she just went through all the, all the gory details of it, which seems a little like, what? But it helped me understand what he went through. And, you know, for me, sometimes it was Jesus died on the cross was as factual as George Washington was the first president. Right. And so his death on the cross came to life for me in a way that it was like he endured this horrific pain for me. And he would do it again, but also he would do it if I were the only person, mm -hmm. you know? And, like, he stayed there because he saw my face. And just the whole idea that he, he stayed, right? Like, because you he always hear how he could have called down thousands of angels and he didn't. But then when you hear what he actually went through and how he didn't rescue himself because I was worth it was just, it blew my mind. And I just like sobbed. I couldn't, because it was just so real to me in a way that it had never been before. So I feel like that, that was pretty transformational. Even though I always knew Jesus and had a relationship with him, it just took my relationship with him to a completely different level. Yeah, I mean, that's like, uh, totally our book is on a door. Yeah. And I think that a lot of times, you know, you hear adoration, mm -hmm. you know, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. It's just another, mm -hmm. like, academic pursuit yeah. that we're going to get better at praying, right? Mm -hmm. But what you're just describing right now is that's when you started adoring Jesus. Mm -hmm. That was when you started having this alive, awake, yeah. filled with the Holy Spirit kind of relationship mm -hmm. with him because he... He just like worked in your heart, yeah. You know, which is amazing. And it was, he just became so real, mm -hmm. like that. The human side of him became real because I couldn't imagine someone enduring that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that um, I think there's something going to be something like that for all of us. Yeah, you know that yeah. he wants to become real and present himself to all of us mm -hmm. and and help us to to know him. Mm -hmm. And I think I heard one speaker say, you know, we get to heaven, it's not going to be that people are going to say, um, I never knew, you know, because you always hear, well, what about, you know, the people that never knew? Yeah. And she said, I don't believe that that's going to be the case. It's going to be, I should have hardened my heart. I should have, mm -hmm. you know, listened when he, when he revealed himself. And right. I think that's that moment where he really did just reveal himself to you so mm -hmm. clearly, so beautiful. Definitely. So tell us a little more about RJ and, um, and what you love about him. What I love about RJ? Um, I, the, the thing that I love most about him and that I've always loved about him is his goodness. Um, and it was funny because I knew him before he loved Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, 
Yeah, I love, I knew, no, 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 I did not love him before. I, I knew him before he loved Jesus. But something that was so intriguing to me was that he treated people better and he, like that goodness in him where I saw something in him that I'm like, I don't see Chris, like a good amount of Christian people as good as you. And you don't have Jesus, so what is that? Um, so I feel like he just has this innate goodness, and it makes me think of like, um, I mean, Jack has it too. Um, and I've seen it, and there was another, another person that I've seen it, and I led her in a small group, and her name was Anna. And I feel like there's, there's three people in my life that I've gone there is something about them, and they just have this, like, goodness in them. And it, it makes me think of, um, I don't know, like, Captain America. Like, if you've seen that movie, before they inject him with the serum, before the scientist injects him with the serum that's going to make him, like, Captain America and this, like, super army dude. Um, I forgot what his name is, Steve something. But he's like, why me? Like, why are you choosing me for this? And the scientist just looks at him, and he's like, because you are good. Like, because at the core of who you are, you are a good man. And so that is what I see in just like How RJ great and Jack. For yeah. RJ to hear you say yeah. that. That's yeah, so he awesome. is good. He's a good one. That's great. So, yeah. Oh, I'm glad you guys are together. What Me is too. it like to balance things, home and all things? Yeah. Um, I can't do it. Like, I. There isn't the word balance? No. I mean,. Our life works, and it's great, but I think I, without the people in our life, like without our family, I couldn't, I could not do it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how many people are familiar with like med school, but my husband was a nurse for five years, and then we felt like God was calling him into med school, and I was like, okay, I'm going to pray that it's no, because I do not want this, um, but God opened the door so clearly like it was so clear and med school was it was hell it was awful it was the worst thing ever um and I was like god why why are you and most people don't make it out with this? their marriage med right school so it's and a big deal med school doesn't care if you're married I mean it's they don't and and then we had jack and then I found out I was having a baby so it was just oh my gosh <laughs> it was so it was so hard but um yeah we couldn't we couldn't have done it without the support that we have. There were times where I, I know I was never a single mom. I know even now while he's in residency, I'm not a single mom. I can't relate. Um, but like the loneliness and the doing it on your own when it's just like it, you need your person, you know, where it's like, man, Jack is having a day. He misses his dad. I miss his dad. Like I'm in that boat with him. How do I pull him out of it while pulling myself out of it? And so without yeah. um, just the, the people that we have in our life, like my parents, his parents, um, our community here at Faith. Like, yeah. We yeah. talked a lot during COVID, mm -hmm. too, and like what that was going to look like. Yeah. Was he going to be home with you oh guys? Was he not? And mm -hmm. like just making decisions for what the best for the kids yeah. was and yeah. all of that. So I'm just like yeah. so glad that, that you guys navigate all that by seeking Jesus yeah. first. And I mean, that's the like, only way, right? Mm -hmm. Like RJ, what we talked about that, RJ with COVID went right into ER. So we got home from vacation in February. He had vacation month. And it's not a month of vacation. You work half the shifts that you would normally work. Um, 
And then in March, so COVID hits and he went right into emergency room to work. So like hazmat suit, all of that. And I'm going, what does this mean for, like, what if you get it and nothing was filtered, like, away from my kids? Like, I... Right, they were seeing and hearing Yeah, Jack was seeing it, and and he's so sensitive, and he takes everything in. And so that was a whole other thing that was going on. And then in April, RJ went into the ICU to work, and so it was just... It was hard. You had to deal with fear at a level that you probably had never dealt with it before. Well, and there's no one that you can go, hey, you parented through a pandemic. What did you do? You know, it was like, I, and I'm social. And so, like, we couldn't see our people. We didn't have the support of our family because they didn't want to risk getting something and then having us carry that weight of, well, RJ brought home covid And then RJ's mom got it, worst case scenario happened. They didn't want that on our shoulders, which I understood everything. We had to figure out how do we see you and connect Mm -hmm. and be connected to each other, but also not put each other at risk and all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Dance parties. We did a lot of dance dance parties. parties. Yeah. It was good. And we we just figured out ways to fill ourselves up, to have joy, to, Mm -hmm. because also the weather was really crummy. Like, I don't feel like the weather really turned until May, which was hard. Um, so there was a lot, but I see... That's when you started giving out joy bombs. Yeah, we did joy bombs. We had to. So yeah. great. Because yeah. you're like, okay, I'm not feeling some joy, so I'm going to bring yeah. joy to other people. And that's exactly what we did. We were, great. I mean, because we were struggling. We were in a dark mm-hmm. spot of, we missed RJ. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to cry, but... We missed him, and I was like, what do we do? Like, my kids are not okay. And so it was like, okay, get get out of our own head and go bring joy to other people. And, like, mm-hmm. what that is the best way to, like, and fill you, yourself up. spread. So many other people yeah, that picked was, that up and just yeah. started, like, bringing joy. That was really cool. So fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So um, how does life look now compared to, like, what you had planned in your head? Oh, my gosh. It's so different. So because of my family history, um, I didn't think that I would ever, I didn't know that I would ever want to get married. I couldn't imagine having kids um, just because I thought marriage. And you're such a great mom, oh, Ashley. thank you. So, I like, that's was so really great. scared. Like oh. I, I did not think I would be a good mom. I thought, I always worked with kids, so I was like, oh, I'm good with kids, but other people's kids. Like I don't know that I would be a good mom um, cause I just, I don't, I hadn't seen it, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I hadn't seen a marriage work until I was out of college, like one that was healthy and, um, that they would fight and they, I wasn't afraid that they were going to leave each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact, it's just funny. Like I always bring this up to RJ. I say, did you ever think like back when you were 20, that this is what your life would look like. Because that's what I do now. I'm like, if someone had shown me a picture, like the other day I was looking at a picture of RJ. I call him Bob. So I was looking at a picture of Bob, and I'm like, if someone had shown me this picture when I was 20, what would I have said? Because he's all beardy and like <laughs> doctor, you know, whatever. Um, and then my kids, like to Lovely. think that I ended up with Jack and Haley mm-hmm. I just, I'm always blown away. Like, I can't believe that this is my life. It's so, I just can't believe it. 
better than you expected. So much better. I just never in my, I, it sounds cliche, but in my wildest imagination, I could have never imagined like RJ, like my husband is so good and like, right? Like I saw marriages not work. I saw addictions. I saw a lot of loss. And I'm always like, how did you end up in my, like, right? Because the world would say, you're going to get pregnant young, Ashley. You're going to, you know, have all these whatever. But I married a good man who loves me. Like, of course he's flawed, but like his flaws, he could be so horrible and he's so good. And then I do, I think my kids are really great. Like they are, they're amazing. I look at them and I'm always just like, and so when those days where you wake up and you're like, that's not how you feel, there's something mm-hmm. that has caused you to be hurt, mm-hmm. to be disappointed, yeah. to be fearful for your kids. Yeah. Like, what do you do with that gap between your expectations and reality on the days? Because we know mm-hmm. that's when you do big picture. I always talk about macroscopic mm-hmm. and microscopic. Mm-hmm. You know, macroscopic is this idea that you blow the picture out and you go, wow, my life could be horrible and mm-hmm. look how good it is. There's so much to be thankful for. Mm-hmm. And then microscopic is you're like nitpicking your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. So when you're being microscopic and you don't feel that gratefulness and mm-hmm. that thankfulness, how do you handle those, those fears mm-hmm. or, you know, unmet expectations? Mm-hmm. The, I can tend to lean towards fear when I'm not functioning in a healthy way. Um, so I do see a counselor um, that just helps me, because fear is irrational, right? So it's also, I think, with having kids um, and having loss in my life growing up, I get so fearful about something happening to my kids. And so just to have someone ground me in that um, is just, it's really helpful to just have that person to process with, because I don't want to. I have friends who are willing to hear that stuff, but I also don't want to drain them. Mm-hmm. So like to have someone who, that's their job, is just really a gift. Um, and then for me, I think to avoid the fear or like if RJ and I aren't doing well or I'm frustrated, like the other day we were just frustrated because we hit a wall where it was like, man, we are all crabby at each other because dad's not home. He's not been home. He's been working this wonky shift where we see him for a blip and then he's gone, but we weren't recognizing that he was gone so much because we were seeing him for a minute, but it was so brief. There wasn't quality time. Um, So in those moments, I can tend to run and stay busy because I don't want to deal with my frustration or my disappointment or I just don't want to deal with the negative feelings. And so I think it's just slowing down, which is also what... COVID gave me as a gift, just that the beauty of slowing down and like, like right now I'm working on, I need to just sit on the floor with my kids for 20 minutes and not go. Cause mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm a doer. I go, I'm, um, that's exactly what I tell my clients yeah, is 20 yeah. minutes of engaged, yeah. deep eye yeah. contact playtime where they lead it. Mm-hmm. And that's so powerful. Yeah. But just to mm-hmm. like, like that's what I'm working on now is and yesterday I did it. I sat on the floor and it's like, this is, yeah. I'm not going to be distracted by the cleaning, by work, mm-hmm. by um, my phone, whatever that looks like. It's I just slowing down mm-hmm. is, I think, what helps me. So tell us a little bit about like mm-hmm. homeschooling because that's a change for yeah, you guys. Another, yeah. Um, it's a big pivot. Huh? Yeah. Homeschooling. 
Um, it's kind of cool. It's another, uh, I, I, I don't know if I should say gift of COVID, but I mean, homeschool is something that I had always wanted to try since sending my son to school. I just didn't, for me, I didn't understand. Um, I was questioning why a five-year-old had to go to school for seven hours a day and if that was really better than being away from the, you know, being at school more was better than being with your family, you know, right. because they're at school all day. So that was just what I was wrestling with. Um, but I would have been way too afraid to try homeschooling. Like there's, even though I was tiptoeing towards that line and RJ would have been like, no, because, yeah. um, just because of like Jack's personality and social stuff. But, um, so yeah, we made this decision back in the spring that, you know, things probably weren't going to look the same, but we probably weren't going to hear about those changes till the last minute to avoid fear and people pulling their kids out of school. So when would we make this decision for our family? And we decided back in April that we were going to homeschool and my husband was on board, which I couldn't believe. And we've done it and it's, I love it. I mean, it's hard. It's so different, but the time, the time together is amazing. I can't, because for us too, if RJ worked nine days in a row over a weekend and then was off on a Monday, Jack would be in school. And so I had no problem pulling him out, but how much can I do that as he grows up, you know? Right. Um, but now it's when RJ's home, we're all home and it's, it's just the togetherness is so beautiful. And you know, so, and I've talked to so many different families and every family's story is different, yeah. you know, and what they're able to do and not able to do. Mm -hmm. But just to see how God's led your family that yeah. being in the situation you're in, that this is going to maximize the time mm -hmm. with your kids and mm -hmm. that God led you into that time to enjoy this, this yeah. season and maybe it'll change, mm -hmm. but this is where you guys are at. And yeah. it's well, and just awesome. being at faith too, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's you guys who've homeschooled, there's Debbie, there's the Gidrys. It's like, you've got plenty of people to yeah, talk to. Which we sure. never had that in our circle before. Right. And people who we could look at their kids and go, they've turned out well, you know, like we don't it's have so to It's so funny because that's what I always said. Joe and I were like, we said we'd never homeschool because we were like, I don't know. I don't know if nope. kids turn out okay yeah. that way. And, nope. and then we saw a couple kids and we're like, wait a second, it can work. Yeah. You know, yeah. so yeah, we have all these preconceived notions yes. about things. <laughs> it's scary. So true. All right. And so the best part you like is the family time. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I just love that, um, yeah, the family time, that we could go to Smoky Mountains in October. You mm -hmm. know, if RJ had the time, we could just take off. Like, so I have my work schedule, um, which I feel like is somewhat flexible. RJ's schedule is not. School, when the kids were in school, was not. And now we have this opportunity where it's, we're held to RJ's schedule for the most part, and we can take off if that we... That opens up the calendar. Yeah, and I like adventure, so. so... How great is that? Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Mm -hmm. So um, when you're looking at everybody's different situations, so all the people that you minister with and mm -hmm. on the weekends and different families, you've got single parents, you have... Mm -hmm. um, dual income families, you've got a lot of different situations and you see their situations, what advice would you give them for parenting through this pandemic? 
and they're not all homeschooling, obviously. Mm -hmm. There's some virtual schooling, some public schooling yeah. that they're going back now. Yeah. You know, what's the big message that, that you think they need to hear about loving those kids? Mm -hmm. um, so I'm pretty passionate about this, and I've, like, adopted it into the way I raise my kids, and I just think our kids need to know who they are. I think they need to know, I think they need to know who Jesus is, who God is first, as their loving father, their creator, um, a good father, right? But then I think it's crucial that they know who they are in Christ and like that their identity is rooted in him because one of my favorite speakers shared a story once about, I'll, I'll cut it real short, but he was in the hospital. He had broken his leg as a high schooler and realized his wrestling career was over. And he had a nurse who kept coming in and speaking just like that it wasn't just his leg that was broken, but his heart needed healing. And he was just firing junk at her like, you're this, you're that, I don't want to hear it. And he, the thing that he said that struck me so much was that he said my words would drop, like they would fly at her. And like what I envisioned when he told the story was like a bulletproof shield that the words never hit her because there was something going on in her and it was that she knew who she was. Mm -hmm. And so she could take all his comments and they never, mm -hmm. like they never entered her, her heart, her mind, her soul. And, um, and so he's also asked the question, what would the world look like if everyone lived out of their God-given identity? And I can't help but believe that the world would be completely different because I think even for me, I'm, I'm still learning this and I'm wrestling with it. Like, I want people to think I'm this. I want people to believe that I'm this instead of just resting in who Jesus says I am and in the identity that he's given me. And so I want my kids now, right? I don't, I'm in my 40s. I don't want them to, I want them to know now and as they grow up, like, mm -hmm. this is who I am because people are going to say hurtful things. Bad things are going to happen and I don't want them taking that in and as to this is who I am. I want them to be like this woman with this shield in front of her that mm -hmm. it's like, nope, this is who I am. And I live out of this identity. Absolutely. And I just think, I think it'll change, I think they'll change the world, you know. Yeah. Less that. competition, less mm -hmm. self-centeredness. Just less pain, less anxiety, yeah. less worry, less, mm -hmm. there's just freedom. That's what it is to me. There's freedom and not that they're not going to wrestle with things, but there's freedom in going, ah, that stings, but this is who I am yeah. and living out of that. Yeah, Max Licato, Ashley and I both love children's literature. Mm -hmm. So Max Licato has a book called Punchinello. Mm -hmm. Have you read that mm -hmm. one? And there's stars and yep. there's dots and everyone yep. has stars and dots on them. But Punchinello learned that there was a girl that all, none of the dots and stars mm -hmm. stuck because she spent yeah. time with the woodcarver. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. It is beautiful. And it's like, that's what it's all about, mm -hmm. is just getting filled up and knowing who you are in yeah. Christ. And so, so how do you teach that to your kids, like, on a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. basis? Yeah, so I have... Um, I have signs all. <laughs> I have signs all over my home. She does. I've been there. <laughs> it's awesome. I do. I have one. My favorite one says, um, "You are enough," because I I think most people function out of believing that they're not enough and trying to prove that they are. So I want my kids to know that they are. Mm -hmm. um, Haley has a sign in her room saying, "Like I am God's masterpiece." 
Jack has one saying, I am God's very good idea. Um, and I just, I try every day to say like, this is who you are, you know, what, like calling out what I see in them. And one big thing that I've been doing is just asking Jesus, like, who do you say my kids are? Knowing that he'll tell me something different than he'll probably tell them throughout their life. Like he will speak their, I feel like I'm going to sound weird, but he'll speak their kingdom identity directly to them as they grow up. But Don't worry about, I sound weird all yeah, the time. Just go for that. People are going to think I'm See, weird. you're living it out. You're living <laughs> out your kingdom <laughs> identity. Like, um, yeah. But I love it. So I've been praying that, and I felt like God gave me Haley's quickly because we've always wrestled with, Haley is super gentle, but Haley's got this fierce side, and those two don't seem to go together. Like... You know, like someone, how many people are gentle and fierce? Or what animal is gentle yet fierce? And so I read this book by Levi Lesko, and he, he read a book on wolves. And wolves are, are known as being fierce, but they're so gentle within their pack. Um, so I read that, and I'm like, that's Haley. Haley is, is fierce, yet fierce but gentle. Uh-huh. Oh, no, sorry. Her name is Fierce Warrior, um, Gentle Nurturer. That's what I feel like God spoke to me about who Haley is. And then Jax has just been slow to come. Um, so I've been praying and praying and I, I've always felt like he has a strong moral compass. Like he wants to do what's right. I mean, he's not perfect, but he, he really seeks to do what's good and right. And so I was like, but good hearted. I mean, that just doesn't seem like that's the word for him. Strong moral compass. And then one day I wasn't even praying about it. And I was reading in Psalms, not thinking about Jack, and I read the word virtuous, and I went, oh, that's it. Like, that is one, I don't feel like I have all of Jack's identity yet, but virtuous. And I, I went and looked it up, and it was like morally upright. And it was, I was like, thank you, Jesus. Like, that, that is who Jack is. So just speaking, you know, like reminding mm-hmm. him that he is virtuous, reminding Haley that she is fierce and gentle, um, and just calling out all the, yeah, all those things that I see in them. Like you are love, outrageously loved. You are forgiven. You know, seeing that too, I think is big when, mm-hmm. um, when they've done something. Like I forgive you, and I think saying sorry and God me asking you. for forgiveness yeah. mm-hmm. is a big one. Um, so yeah. Good. So I didn't know what tool we were going to do. So I always teach a tool yeah. and I do a Bible study devotion the next week. Okay. And so I chose the devotion for bridegroom mm-hmm. based on talking to you. So we're skipping ahead three. Um, so I'll tell you which devotion that is, but then I also didn't know which tool I would use. Okay. And so I'm going to use the tool I've noticed. Mm. So I always teach people I, the idea of I've noticed. So what you're talking about right now is like all that I've noticed you love to build. I notice you're a builder, you know, so just calling out their identity. Yeah. Because so many times we're, we're, we're disciplining and training mm-hmm. and we just have to be building into them what their identity is mm-hmm. too. And so that little sentence I've noticed, when we notice things about our kids, it just builds them up, you know, it's so great. All right. And then listening prayer. How do you build yeah that into your daily rhythm and how, do, what does that look like? Oh, it's just funny. So with the like identity statements, like when I'm like, Jack, you are, he's like, I know mom, like that's how much I do it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's great. I mean, I think though, but they're no, they're hearing it, you know, like, and now I'll go, 
Jack, you are loved. And he's like, I know. And I'm like, okay, all right, you know, I want you to know that, you know. So that's the same with listening prayer. <laughs> like, I, I mean, my kids are seven and four, so they do it. Um, there's a lot of times where I don't, I don't push it as much anymore. Like, I do it in moments, but for me, I do it all the time, you know. Like, Jesus, what do you want me to right. know? I need you to speak to me, and he does. But it's so it's so amazing to do with my kids because I don't know that my kids hear from Jesus in these, they're like magical, magical ways. And I wish I could, I wish I could think of an example right now, but it's, you know, at first I'm like, oh, he's not really doing it. And then the prayer shifts as he's talking out loud about what he's seen Jesus do and what he's hearing. And I'm like, are you like you can hear from Jesus. So it's me just simply asking questions, you know, like, where are you right now? What's a place where you feel safe and happy? And he's usually like our home, which is, I'm so happy. (laughs) I want our home to be a haven for my kids. But, um, but then, um, you know, like, what does Jesus look like? And it's funny because he'll sometimes say like a big, you know, beardy gray, beard man with sandals and uh, and I want to go oh well that's probably God and I'm like no I, I say don't, nothing you don't like add to it You're just I like, say nothing um how is he looking at you and then I, I you know I lead it where it's like if he's not looking at you with an expression of joy and love if there's anything that's making you feel bad that is not Jesus so that's the only thing I'll I'll do um or if you know, what is Jesus saying to you? Like, what does he want you to know? Or we'll ask Jesus a specific question. Um, and if it's anything that's not lined up with scripture or making him feel shame or feel bad about himself, it's, you know, I'm like, that's not Jesus. Let's, we'll try again or, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. So great. And I think that the, just the idea that he's so personal, that he does want to talk to you. Yeah. And, and just for you guys, if you haven't heard about listening prayer mm-hmm. or this idea, it's not new. It's it's mm-hmm. not new. This is, people have been doing this for all times. Um, there was a theologian that talked about this idea of practicing the presence of God and mm-hmm. in, in that he's in every single minute of your day. Brother Lawrence, I think is his name. I just got the, the, um, the book and I'm kind of reading through that. And then just this, you know, Sarah Haggerty's talking about it, adoration. And I mean, this is definitely not a new idea, but just the idea that you're going to not just have a one-way conversation with God, but you're going to dialogue mm-hmm. and you're going to listen to what he has to say to and you. And I think that's just it, right? Like I grew up spouting off prayers mm-hmm. and then wondering why I didn't, you know, sometimes feel Jesus or hear anything. And it's because I was never still. Like I... There just wasn't an expectation for mm-hmm. it, I think, and just to learn to hear his voice. But he says, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a good shepherd. Mm-hmm. My sheep know my voice. Yeah. So you start to just be able to discern, to, to see God at work mm-hmm. and also to hear him at work and, and mm-hmm. talking to your heart. And knowing who he is, mm-hmm. you know, before you can know his voice, like just really knowing and believing who he is as a good father, as someone who loves us unconditionally and... Yeah. Yeah. And that starts so young. So, yeah. I mean, those expectations, those we talked about preconceived notions about things like those things start mm-hmm. so young. Yeah. So that just be able to build that in. Um, 
So definitely the biggest reason I brought you on was those things, talking yeah. about listening prayer, talking yeah. about blessing your kids. Um, and I just am so glad you came on to talk to me today. The one of the things, the last thing I want to ask you is we kind of live in this messy middle and there's this dash between, you know, when we're born yeah. and when we go see Jesus. Yeah. And what do you want that dash to be about? Oh, uh, wow. What do you want to be known for? Um, oh, that's like, well, I guess like f for our home, when, when I talk to my kids, it's like we have two rules because there's all these cute family rules that you can have, right? Like love, hug often. And, and I love those. And I was always looking at shaping our home around that. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, what, what rules will, will I put on our kitchen wall? And then when it came down to it, I was like, man, everything comes down to loving God and loving others. Mm -hmm. And I, I think, yeah, I want people, that dash, I want it to be that people came to know Jesus because of how well she loved, you know. And yeah, and I want my kids to, I want my kids to, I want that to be for my kids too. Like I want them to, to just love people well. Mm -hmm. Because that's, I really believe that's how people experience Jesus, you know, where it's like, man, I don't deserve this right now. I don't deserve to be treated with kindness because that's right, like how we feel about ourselves. That's not, that's not truth. That's not how Jesus is. Um, but when people love us at our worst, I just think that's, nice. that shows people Jesus so good, and that's like totally fits with our devotion. So this is the verse, it's Hosea 2, 19 to 20, and it's our devotion is in um, on page 115. If you're reading along, it's uh, the fifth devotion. It's Jesus is our bridegroom. I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. And so I think what's hard is you have to get past those words like betrothed because mm -hmm. we don't use that word. <laughs> yeah. Ashley, like, do you talk uh, to your children like no. betrothed? <laughs> like, I mean, it's kind of rough. So when we get past that, what does it say? So we just did a sermon series on, you know, seeking justice mm -hmm. and loving mercy. And so you hear the words justice and mercy, and we know that it's restoring somebody's honor, restoring mm -hmm. their worth. And that's all what you're talking about is mm -hmm restoring our kids' worth. You know, the enemy wants to tell them one thing about who they are and that we're supposed to come in and, and restore that as parents, as like this yeah. image of God on earth for our kiddos. We get to restore that. And so here is God saying to us, like, this is who I am in your life. I am this good bridegroom that comes in and restores your worth. So Hosea, you don't know the story, you know, he obviously is coming in and rescuing his wife who's not faithful. And so you look at this over and over and you say, God is the good one coming in and, and restoring and bringing life. And we get to be that image in our kids is when they feel like they're not worth it. We can say, you're always worth it. Mm -hmm. You're worth Jesus's life. You are always, always worth it. And you're worth it to me. Mm -hmm. so, mm. Thank you you're for welcome. being thank here. You. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for each person that got to um, be with us today. And I just pray, Lord, as they're in their homes, they would realize that this is a time um, that they get to pour in and to build up and to just show their kiddos how much they love them, how much God loves them. 
So whether it's through listening prayer or this idea of noticing things about their kids or calling out their identity, Lord, I just pray that you would give this, um, this season, this time, as a time for parents to lean in, to love well, and to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, we'll see you back next week. And if you get a chance, subscribe and follow us. And we'll see you. Have a great day.